Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters. My name is Adam Torres, and if you'd like to apply to be a guest on the show, just head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, so today is a very special episode. We're bringing uh, Theron Whitney back on the show and uh, so excited to have him on and introduce him to our audience as one of the next authors in our upcoming book. So really excited to do that. And Theron is the co-owner and vice president over at Zibio. Theron, welcome back, man. Great to work with you again. Thanks, Adam. It's good to see you again. All right, Theron. So uh, we're going to get into Zibio, what you're doing over there, and also to to get some updates on what's going on in the in the in the trade show industry overall. But before we do that, we'll start this episode the way that we start them all with our Mission Matters Minute. So, Theron, we at Mission Matters we amplify stories for entrepreneurs, executives, and experts. That's our mission. Theron, what mission matters to you? Um, I would say helping my clients maximize the the most out of their brand recognition, uh, both marketing at trade shows, uh, marketing at private events, uh, anything that really has to do with getting their product or message out there. Awesome. And uh, great, great to have you back on. And I guess just to get this, uh, just to get this kicked off, um, I don't want to assume that all of our, you know, our new listeners and new audience have caught maybe some of the previous work we've done together. So maybe just start off by telling us a little bit more about what you're doing over at Zibio. Sure. Uh, We are a company that designs and builds trade show exhibits, uh, mostly for the trade show industry. Also, private events. Um, We've also dabbled into uh, retail, commercial industry, helping uh, companies market themselves on the commercial level, but mostly trade show exhibits, um, which, you know, in the past, uh, (laughs) I guess last year, the year before, it was a bit of a challenge, but Mm -hmm. uh, this year we're we're happy to say that uh, trade shows have come back with a vengeance. Yeah. Tell me more about that, because I remember the last time it's been a while since we worked with each other. And uh, and you're kind of telling me, I believe, you know, it's starting to bubble, some things starting to happen. But but where are we at now? Like, what are you seeing? Um, Well, since well, since trade shows reopened last year around May, April, May of 2021, uh, it's been phenomenal how many people are happy to get back out there and market themselves at trade shows and not only market themselves, but also go attend trade shows, get out of the house, get out of the office (laughs) and, uh, you know, go see friends and vendors that they haven't seen in a while and show off all the new, all the new product that uh, they're trying to put to market. Okay, let me do a shameless plug for all trade shows right now. For anybody that's watching this that has not been to a trade show since everything opened back up, do it. Like you are just as an attendee, whether you're or, or you're presenting or you have a you know you have a booth, like do it. Like you're not. It's it's amazing. We did our first one back since um, since everything kind of opened back up a while ago. It was out in Texas, and we were supporting the uh, Texas FFA and Aaron Alejandro and his crew out there, and we were you know. 15,000, uh, um, you know, students were out there uh, supporting and and furthering the mission of the Future Farmers of America. And just to see people, again, uh, maybe it's just me, but just to be in the mix, to be handing out, you know, business and, and getting cards and, and doing having that normal face-to-face in person. Like, I'm not against virtual, but man, something about a trade show, like the energy, right? Yeah, exactly. 
So in terms of, um, since I know you're, I know you're working directly with, with businesses and helping them and supplying their trade show needs. Um, tell us a little bit more about like what, what they've been noticing from that end. Like, cause I feel like there's, there has to be an uptick. Like people are doing these trade shows and people are wanting to do business and look for new resources. Like what have you seen on their end? Yeah, the, I would say now that I can compare last year to this this year, there was a little hesitancy last year to go out to shows or to exhibit at shows. But uh, this year, from what I'm getting for, since January, well, January, February timeframe, there's just been a huge increase in the number of attendees going to shows, uh, clients looking to upgrade their exhibits, um, you know, changing their message, new products that haven't really been out to market for a while. They're trying to get those pushed out there. So it just seems like it's both on both sides, both the attendee and the exhibitor side, where there's a lot of enthusiasm and um, a huge upswell in attendance uh, since the past couple of years. What do you feel makes the, the trade show industry and being part of that like unique? Like what makes that unique? Um. There are a lot of things, actually. The trade show industry is responsible for billions in revenue for the airline industry, for hotels, for restaurants, because they're bringing people to the different big cities out there for these big events, big trade shows. Um, so it's and also that, you, you know, you're increasing the sales of other vendors down the line where for example we use other vendors for some of our materials so you're helping um, mm. acrylic manufacturers and wood suppliers and hardware suppliers so you know it's a crucial part of the, the nation's gdp are there any trends that you're noticing from your vantage point because you've been i mean you've been in the industry a long time first of all um and and you've seen you know the ups and downs and i'd say everything in between for it from at least your, your tenure any trends that you're noticing that you find interesting? Yeah, I would say in the past few years, uh, I see a lot of people using um, backlit graphics, light boxes. They're they're going big with their uh, the presentation being lit from behind, and a lot of LED tiles, some modular large screen uh, tiles are being used at shows to get their message across, which didn't used to be the fact because they were so expensive, but now they've come down in price where people are, are getting their message out there with huge screens and it's, you know, draws people into their booth, like, you know, like a moth to the, to the flame. What are some of the differences? And I'll ask you this question and I'm, I'm kind of, I kind of, uh, throwing you under the bus with it a little bit, but I, I know that you have like you have a different vantage point because you're working with so many people and you've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. So differences between working with a professional and professional company versus like having your team come together and just say, uh, you know, let, let's go, let's go show at that event. Um, <laughs> um, you, you let, tell me some of like what you see from your vantage point. Um, well, I, and I, I run into this all the time, actually, yeah. with, with customers who uh, feel like, oh, they can just take care of this and do it on their own. But there's no. so many details. <laughs> yeah. so many details. Until they get in the middle of it and they're like, who forgot what or who did yeah, this? Yeah, exactly. We need um, electricity that doesn't just come with electricity. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so there's uh, details on pond details. So you have to deal with multiple union agencies that, to set up your booth, to rent your power. Um, to, to hang up your sign if you're if you're having a, a sign hung. Uh, sometimes you have to deal directly with the convention centers. There's labor companies that you have to use because in most cities you're not allowed to set up the booth yourself. It's a, a large scale. 
Um, smaller booths, maybe you can set it up yourself, but you have rules. You have to set it up within an hour without the use of tools. You know, so there's a lot of different uh, details that you need to be aware of. And every city is different as well. Every city has a different labor rate. Um, every city has a different drayage weight. Uh, you know, if you if you go out and you buy a custom exhibit and you feel like, oh, yeah, this is going to work great. And it's in 20 crates uh, for a small space. Now you've got to think about how much gas costs and you've got the shipping costs of getting it cross country. So there's a lot of things to consider when you're out there thinking about getting a new booth or trying to get your existing one to a show. Yeah. And, and some of the horror stories that I've heard just on my end, and this is just through my course of, uh, of doing business. So I'm sure you've heard worse is a lot of times people think they're going to, they're going to cut corners and take the, uh, and take the shortcut of doing something. And it, it, a lot of times it ends up being the long cut. Like they don't know the additional fee. They don't know this, they don't know that. And it ends up costing them more down the line than it would have, um, if they hadn't, if they hadn't used a professional in the first place. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, there's a good case in point is Murphy's Law runs trade shows because I had a client one time that they wanted to have it shipped from one show to the next from New York City down to San Antonio, Texas, and they only had two days to do it. And, and that was cutting it very close. And unfortunately, there was a mistake uh, in the New York City end and they weren't able to pick it up in time. And I didn't find out until I actually got to the show to help the client set up and said, oh, there's no booth. So we had to go to a, uh, a fellow exhibit house in San Antonio, go through their rental inventory and just create something on the fly for the client that night. Wow. Uh, fortunately, he was able to you know, have a booth because we were able to be there and find a solution for him. But yeah, if, if you don't know how how many things to deal with and, and freight companies, what you're dealing with with them, you could run into a lot of problems and then yeah. have no booth. Yeah. And, and the ultimate goal here really is that you want, and in my opinion, I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of, of outsourcing things that we're not an expert in. Right. I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel. I'm not trying to trying to become an expert in something that doesn't make um, us money or bring in revenue or isn't aligned with our vision of where we want to be. So I'd rather have my as a, as a founder and a business owner, I'd rather have my team focusing on what they're going to do at the event, what they're going to say. Um, what, how, how they're going to deal with follow-up, who does what, like how the script's going to be like, who, who, who's the, who's the, who's going to be the one out in front, who's going to be doing this, who's going to be doing that. I'd rather have them running through that than thinking about who's going to bring the pens. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, awesome. Um, I want to, I want to jump around here for a moment there. And, um, so the upcoming book, um, for everybody listening, uh, just so you know, we're going to keep this part of the conversation uh, a little brief, little surface level intentionally, because they're going to be coming back on the show when the book is live. And then we're going to do a deep dive into his writing, um, and into his contribution, but, but high level, um, tell us a little bit more about what you plan on contributing to the upcoming book. Uh, so Basically, the, the topic is on loyalty, whether it be brand loyalty or customer loyalty. And in the 30 some odd years that I've been in the trade show industry, uh, I've had a chance to really develop um, a methods to help retain clients and, and kind of develop a relationship with clients so that in the long run, they're always with you no matter what, recession, pandemic, no matter what, you will always keep your clients. 
And so I'm trying to kind of share that information within the book. Hmm. Okay, we're going to jump off that topic, but just so you know, I have like 50 questions I could ask you right now that come to mind, um, but I want to circle back to trade shows. Again, we will be bringing Theron back on the show once the book is live, and I'm going to start asking those questions because I want to dig further into that concept, um, but circling back to back to trade shows, a lot of people watching this that either have wanted to be in trade shows and do that, or they currently are. Um, from your vantage point, ton of experience in it, some best practices, like what are some of the things that you've seen other people do, whether it's with the exhibit, the setup, wherever you go with this, um, that kind of make them successful and make it an, a successful uh, event and experience going the trade show route? Well, there's there's two, two types of exhibits. There's your portable exhibit and your custom exhibit, your large scale versus your small scale. Yeah. For the small scale exhibitor, uh, you want to make sure that, one, again, you know all the details of the show, um, what you can or can't do, when you can set up your booth, uh, when it needs to ship. Uh, and you should be planning at least two to three months in advance. Don't try to plan for your show uh, a month before you're going to exhibit because you're just asking for trouble. Mm-hmm. For the custom side, you have a much bigger booth, a much bigger presence, so you have the potential of uh, much more problems. So it's always best to start your thought process six months to 12 months out uh, before your show. And then also give your vendor, uh, your exhibit house your, your, or whatever vendor your choice is, uh, give them plenty of time to help design and create a solution for you um, and build it. Because especially right now with supply chain issues, yeah. it's I would say timely or leads for or lead times for production is about twice what it used to be. Wow. So you really have to, to pay attention to those. Otherwise, you're going to have problems as you get closer and closer to your show date. Yeah, I can see that. And I, I can tell you personally, I've been on uh, both ends of the spectrum um, to where um, we are, we're overnighting something or having something shipped. And it was way more expensive because we didn't plan appropriately. Or maybe there was something that we forgot, like a, a promotional item. Case in point, I remember, um, oh, I have to tell you this one, because when it happened, I thought of you. I was like, um, we had everything done, ready, set up. And I'm like, ah, oh, the coasters, we are going to give out mission matters, support like promotional coasters. And what does a thousand coasters look like? And how much space does that take? And how do we get them to the event? All these things. And that yeah. was due to our, or my, I think I was part of, I was on the team there. And I think that was my, I'll throw myself into the bus on that one. I think that one was my responsibility because I always thought coasters were cool. So that was my fault. Um, but um, yeah, like all of that. And, and if we had, we planned earlier, had we done some things a little bit differently like that wouldn't have been the uh the thing that that would have um kind of added a little bit more pressure at the end of the event which it shouldn't have and yes um theron what you're thinking did happen murphy's law did happen and the coasters i can't make the story up they didn't go to the arena they went across the street to the to the hotel i was staying in and we did have we did have the correct um address on it um, so it wasn't that it was the, uh, it was just the postal guy. He got it mixed up. He thought it was for the hotel. <laughs> so yeah. And so we're, 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 we're frantically looking for our, our main promotional item. Um, and literally an hour before the doors open and somebody has the idea, Hey, do you think the postal guy did it in the wrong place? And we're like, well, what other addresses are there? So we sent somebody to run across the street and lo and behold, there they were. <laughs> yeah. You lucked out. I did get lucky. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Theron, um, just have to say, um, it's been great having you back here and I need to know, um, what's next, like what's next for you? What's next for, um, Zibio? Like what's next on your, on your plans and agenda? Well, um, we've, we've increased a lot of, uh, white label projects. Mm-hmm. So because of the, the pandemic, um, mm-hmm. A lot of people in our industry either lost their shop or they they closed down, but they still want to stay in the industry. So we have a lot more uh, people, companies, event marketers coming to us and and asking us to build their booths or solve some of their design uh, needs. So we're seeing an expansion in that. And because of that and because of the growth that we're getting very quickly, uh, we're going to have to move our facility next year and grow at least another 5,000 square feet. So now we're kind of in that frame, wow. that frame of mind of, okay, we got one year, we got to find a place and then move. And we've been in this place for 21 years. So we've got Amazing. 21 years of, you know, stuff uh, to a new place. Wow. What a great story. I love, I love it. And I can't wait to bring it. I'll be interviewing you. I'm sure next year you'll be back on, not just for the book, but we'll, we're going to be bringing you back on. And I can't wait to see the, the updates and like how that part of, of the move goes. I am not, as soon as you said 21 years, it's like, I have mixed feelings. I'm like, oh man, that's a, for anybody that's, I mean, I've never moved a business that's been in a location that long, but I'm just thinking about a house. You live yeah. in a house for five years. You think that everything's put away. You go to move and you're like where did all this stuff come from yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's in drawers i didn't know we had that many drawers so a a move after that um honestly like obviously on my end not only moving but on your end i mean that that means there's success the business is growing you're adding a lot of value um to the marketplace and it's showing because you know and not wishing anybody else anything bad of course but if if you know some of the other players are you know aren't able to execute what you are able to do and you're able to add value to them and their ecosystem. What you're really doing is you're creating win-win scenarios and win-win solutions. And and it's my opinion that people like that, their businesses and just in life, they're rewarded long-term. So I'm, I'm thrilled to hear that. Well, thanks. Appreciate it. What is the, um, so I'm I'm just curious because I know, you know, there'll be some people that may fall into that, into that framework um, and they may need to, they may want to connect and follow up and learn more about what that entails. Just, just broad strokes. Like what, what does something like that look like? Or what does a relationship look like? You mean in terms of being a white label service? Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Cause, cause that's news to me. I mean, I don't think we've ever covered that one before. So I'm just curious, like just broad strokes, what that might look like. And I don't mean numbers or percentages. I don't mean anything like that. I just mean like broad. Essentially, and the way that it's been working for a lot of uh, our new customers, our new friends, is they will have a project and they come to us and they say, you know, how how can how can you build this? Here's here's what my client wants. How would you do it? And because I've been doing this long enough, I think there's probably just about every scenario in terms of design and build out that um, we've done. So I can tell them, oh, we'll do this, this and this. And I can usually tell them within the same day. It doesn't take me five days or a week or I don't have to give it to a a crew of engineers to, to figure it out. I can tell them from my experience, here's the best way to do it and save your clients some money. And I think that's the key is when I tell uh, our new accounts, um, I'm treating their client as if they were my own and trying to save them money and make my client look like the hero. That 
that's for whatever reason that's bizarre to them they've not seen that before in our industry <laughs> so i think that's one of the keys and then the other is that we just build out the, the booth whatever it needs work with that company find out exactly what they need from us and provide it and send them on their way we don't promote the white label really on any of our advertising we don't really promote it on our website it's just really word of mouth and that's been great for us and great for our clients because now they can go out provide a product to their customers and they don't have to worry about the overhead of having a shop and designers on hand and you know all the noise that's involved with owning a brick and mortar business Oh man, it's great. It's great, great story. Um, great way that, and I, and I know why it's working because, because you're adding value and you're helping people and that business mindset. You're right. I've seen that in many industries. Um, and for you to bring that to the, to the trade show industry, it's just a testament. And I'm, I'm excited to see that the next stage with this next, this next um, piece of real estate that you'll be moving into. Yeah. Uh, me too. <laughs> So that being said, Theron, if somebody's watching this and they want to follow up and they want to learn more, whether it, you know they're business owner, executive, and they're considering the trade show route um, for their marketing, or they're or they're already showing events and they want a, a second opinion or a second eye on what they're already doing and can it be better? Or like as you mentioned, like maybe there's another way that they do it that they save money or or add more value. Um, what's the best way for people to follow up and to connect? Uh, basically, go to our website, you know, zibio.com, xibeo.com, or contact me uh, at sales at zibio.com. And I check my emails regularly, and I'm happy to reach out and help just about anybody that's trying to, you know, stand out at a show. Awesome. And we'll put that information in the show notes so that our audience can just click on the link, head right on over to uh, to your site. Um, and speaking of the audience, if this is your first time with Mission Matters or listening to an episode or engaging with the platform, we're all about bringing on business owners, entrepreneurs, and executives and having them share their mission, um, their story, the reason behind their mission and how they're executing so that we can all learn and grow together. Um, if that's the type of content that's interesting or exciting or meaningful to you, hit that subscribe button because we have many more mission-based individuals coming up on the line and we don't want you to miss a thing. And Theron, again, thanks again for coming on the show. I'm so excited about this book we'll be launching together. Thank you. I'm looking forward to it.